0: On today's podcast, we got a chance to catch up with the one and only Emily Dela Cruz, a.k.a. The Profit Planner, a.k.a. Miss Keeping It Real in Her Bonnet on Aji Stories. We talk about everything from how she got started to why she decided less is more in her business nowadays and how she plans to reclaim her identity outside of being the superwoman entrepreneur that everyone has grown to know her for. I hope you enjoy today's podcast.
1: When you want to, you know, build a multiple six-figure businesses, you got to sell a hell of a lot of $18, $47 Come books on. and ebooks books yep. and, and I'm like, I can make, you know, I can have a six-figure business and take on four clients a month, or I can have a six-figure business and have to sell 500 books a month, you know? Mm. And when it came down to the math, it's just like, I don't want to hustle to get my little $18 book into people's hands. I really want to, you know, help entrepreneurs have the
0: freedom that I have. Welcome to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. And I'm your host, George Atchenpalm, entrepreneur, financial advisor, fitness enthusiast, and foodie. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Legacy and Lifestyle Show. We have a really, really special guest today. So if you're looking to level up your brand and build your business online, you definitely want to tune in to today's podcast. So our guest today wants to inspire you to build your brand, the brand of your dreams so that you can turn your influence into income and your passions into payables. So I'll give you guys the formal rundown real quick. Uh, Emily Dela Cruz is a marketer who turned her layoff into her legacy. She built her business as a personal branding strategist, digital marketer, and best known for her ability to help millennials monetize their personal brands and use their skills to create sustainable businesses. She believes the right brand will attract any opportunity that you want to allow you to make money on your own terms. She has over six years of experience as a marketing automation specialist, where she has worked with clients in various industries, including fashion, health, wellness, politics, education, book publishing, entertainment, just to name a few. When it's all said and done, she wants to be remembered as the woman who changed the way our generation approaches making a living. So, with no further ado, Emily De La Cruz. How you doing today, Em? Hey, hey, hey! Every
1: time I hear my bio, I'll be like, "Wow, that was
0: real extra." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you doing? You doing the dang on thing? So it's lit. That's what's up. That's what's up. But yeah, we definitely appreciate you uh, taking some time to come on the come on the show today. Anybody who follows you knows that you're you're doing a, a million and one great things. So for you to carve out some time for us, we really appreciate it. So um, I originally met him, I think December of last year. We both uh, were speaking at a Black Tech Charlotte event. I went first. There was actually a couple of technical difficulties. So she helped me uh, navigate through my slides. And then she went next, crushed it, didn't even need a PowerPoint. And so uh, we, uh, her, myself and my wife, we, uh, we went out to grab a bite to eat uh, after that. And uh, I guess our friendship and then all that stuff has been growing uh, pretty rapidly. I'm actually gonna take partial credit for helping plan uh, her recent engagement. but Very small piece, but I'm gonna take a little piece of that credit. And so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. I actually got to hang out with her fiance this past Saturday for my birthday. Um, so really cool people, really glad that we got to connect with them and really glad that you're on the show. So. Um, I did the formal bio and the rundown and all that, but for the people who who don't know you, just give us a quick little, you know, your version of just, you know, who you are and what you're about and kind of how you got here.
1: Yeah, so I'm hella long-winded, so I'm going to try to, you know, give y'all the concise version, but essentially, I'm, you know, a young woman from the Bronx, New York, who grew up Uh, under the pressure of parents who thought education was everything that going to work in an office with a suit was you know you knowing that you have arrived and really building my life around that, really building um, all of my dreams and aspirations around what my success in corporate America would be like. So I always thought that I was going to be a CMO and like run these huge marketing campaigns for these global brands. And I was very intentional throughout you know my life to set myself up for that. But of course, life doesn't always happen as we plan it, and I ended up getting laid off twice in uh, you know a one year time frame so quickly i realized that the american dream of having a career in corporate america isn't uh, isn't for everybody and it's not going to come to fruition for everybody so i quickly had to basically take my side hustle take the things that i had learned in school and i had started monetizing on the internet and make it my living so day to day i'm you know a marketing automation specialist so i help my clients set up their automated sales funnels for their businesses, write their sales pages, their email funnels, their social media content, and all that type of stuff. Um, You know, I've also written books and and have a couple of other businesses going, but I quickly, like I said, quickly, quickly learned that, you know, you gotta hustle in this world because the comfort of of corporate America isn't going to always be there. And it's better to uh, stay ready than have to get ready.
0: One of my favorite quotes, if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready, especially when it comes to fitness. Summer's, summer's right around the corner, so all y'all, all y'all slacking on your Mac, you might want to get to the gym. But um, I, oh my gosh, I saw a meme <laughs> earlier
1: today that was like, y'all want to know why spring is
0: the here? Because y'all summer body's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, that's funny. Okay, so so you have always seems like had a passion for marketing in general, but initially you were doing it or had a dream Uh, For doing it for corporate America and then had an opportunity opportunity to do that But then you got laid off a couple times in the process. So I guess my question is um, One of your taglines is your whole life can be a business if you have the model and marketing to make it happen So tell me a little bit about like what you mean by that So I think in
1: 2018 a lot of people will overcomplicate what it means to be a business owner right like they think that they need to have a shark tank-esque idea and that you know they need to get funding and they need to get an llc and this business plan and all this other stuff but basically what i've done with my life is I've, i've monetized everything that i'm passionate about so i was passionate about marketing i started doing that on the side i was passionate about jewelry and fashion i you know, got necklaces made, and now that's one of my businesses. I was passionate about trading foreign currency. I do that now, you know, part-time. So all of the things that I was already loving and doing, I found a way to make money from them. And I feel that so many people get discouraged because they feel like, dang, like this thing that I love doesn't make me money, so I need to find the next great idea. And it's like, is your blog a business or is your blog a blog, right? Does your blog have a business model? Do you know what income streams you're going to use to monetize your blog? Do you know what income streams you're going to use to monetize your dancing, your painting, your love of fashion, right? And I feel like if people looked at their passions more so as, you know, streams of income and really built business models around them and marketed them properly, anything could make you money. Like, I always say this, if the snuggie, which is a backwards road can make money hmm. so millions, and millions and millions of dollars right anybody can make money come the on right. like i can name a whole bunch of foolish products that you know make money a whole bunch of foolish uh you know business ideas that makes a ton of money it's just about you know how you build a business model and how you market around that idea i
0: love it i love it that makes it makes a ton of sense and so you mentioned that one of the things you do, right, from a marketing perspective, is your automation specialist. Now, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with what that means, but can you tell tell our audience a little bit about what an automation specialist is and what that and what you do for your clients? Yeah, well,
1: actually, in corporate America, the automation specialist is usually, is usually like uh, the baby between the tech person and the marketing person and what we do is we set up the technical side of a marketing funnel so all of the email marketing making sure that the landing pages talk to your email service provider that your email service provider talks to your google analytics and really using that system to create an automated sales process right so back in the day People would have to, like, call a company, right? A salesperson would have to answer the phone. The person would, you know, have questions. The salesperson would answer their questions. They would get off the phone, send over an invoice, have that person check out, connect them to, you know their service provider or ship them their package or whatever it was and it required a lot of manual labor right. an automated sales process is using technology to replace all of those people so instead of people calling you they're visiting your website instead of them talking to a salesperson they're landing on a sales page instead of them getting an invoice email to them they have there's checkout software right so getting all these different pieces of technology to talk to each other so now the sales process is seamless and to run without you. So whether you're sleeping, whether you're traveling, You know, if you're like me, I sleep until like 11 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I'm not one of those people who's going to always be available to answer everybody's questions and to connect and to do all those things. So my sales funnel does that work for me. So it's basically a a bunch of pieces of technology and content that have the sales conversation with your potential customer for you.
0: That's great. Thank you for breaking that down. Because I know that some people will probably wonder like, man, like, what does that mean? How can I do it for myself? And so from from your experience, do you feel like that's something that is reserved for, you know, high level startup companies or can, you know, the small business owner also leverage and understand email automation, just automation in general for their business?
1: Definitely. I think automation can work for any business, big or small, or even personal brands, right? So I always tell a lot of my, um, like, influencer friends, I'm like, okay, so let me see if I get this correctly. Every single time that you want to send a link or that you want to send somebody to your blog, you change the link in your bio, and they'd be like, yes. And I'm like, you know that you could just make a landing page on your website that has all the links that anybody would ever need to click you know, so it's like little things that we do manually that we can use technology to replace. Um, but in terms of like building our email funnels and that type of thing, I always, always, always tell my clients. Oftentimes we overcomplicate the process of marketing automation because we make it more than what it is. So I say, think about the last customer that you sold right think about the last deal that you closed what was the conversation like what did that customer need to know what were their questions uh, and what were the actions that needed to happen to make the sale go through right? right and then let's think about how we can take the sales conversation Right, and turn it into um, a sales page. How can we take the questions that they have and answer them with a series of emails in an email funnel? How can we take the process of closing them and create, you know, a checkout on your site? So instead of you doing all of these things manually, now your website is operating for you. So a lot of people overcomplicate the process because they think that they need to be these expert copywriters and these, you know, technologists. But it's really about taking a physical human sales conversation and turning it into a digital web-based conversation.
0: Right, that makes so much sense. And one of the things I'm starting to learn about it, and I'm most certainly a novice, M is the expert, so if you wanna know anything about it, you need to holler at her. But one of the things I'm beginning to learn about it is, it's it's a process that actually forces you to refine what you actually do. Because it's a lot easier to just wing it, right? Like. You know, if you get a customer in front of you, you can swag your way through the conversation. And if you're lucky, you might get the sale. But like when you're doing this online, when you're not there, you have to really make sure that you have a really tight process and really make sure that your call to action and the things that you're delivering are very clear. And I think if you do it the right way, it can actually make your business model not just more efficient and automated, but actually probably increase the conversions in the way you articulate your value to the marketplace. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that once you actually sit down and start to think about all those things, you start to realize how little you know, right? You start to realize when you're in the day-to-day of your business, all the little minute details that you kind of miss because you do them all the time. So yeah, I definitely agree.
0: Yeah, because it's not not duplicatable if George or just Emily can recall them off the top of our head. Like, how can I bring somebody in and hire them and have them step into my, my business if I don't have it documented in a way that anybody can follow. So I think that's a, a definite gem that folks need to latch on to. So um, one of the one of the reasons why I really uh, love what you do and love your brand is because you're just so authentic, right? It's, it's, it's not uncommon for me to be on IG stories and see Emily in a bonnet eating, dropping gems all at the same time, getting ready. And so like, I, the while that sounds funny, I think that's also why a lot of people gravitate like towards your brand because of the authenticity. I think we live in this age where people think I gotta have this perfectly curated timeline and everything about me has to be, you know, um, aesthetically pleasing. But I also think there's a there's a lot of value in just being your authentic self, which ties back into what you said and just monetizing, you know, your whole life and who you are and being passionate about that. So can you talk to us a little bit about like one, what made you decide just to be your authentic self and everything you do? Now that might seem like a a stupid question for somebody like yourself because that's just who you are but the, i see so many people who don't right so i'm just curious like what made you decide to say hey look i'm not there's not a business m and a and a, a personal m like you're going to get all of me at all times and whether you like it or not so what kind of what kind of shaped your perspective for you to be be have have that comfort zone when it comes to building your brand
1: this is actually the number one question that I get asked on podcasts all the time. So ninety percent of my interviews are always about like, "Why are you so ratchet?" <laughs> in in, in uh, you know regular terms, but I always like to say, you know, I was I was Cardi B before Cardi B was Like right? I was the ratchet the ratchet girl next door um yeah. and honestly I, I think it's a bronx thing i think it's, it's a latina thing um you know i was raised in a household where my mom has zero filter you know she's one of those people that she's going to tell you how it is and what it is without any regard for your feelings at all zero <laughs> so you know growing up with a mom that was very outspoken i naturally also was pretty outspoken and and I was always encouraged to to share how I felt and to share what I was thinking um so when I was uh you know in college and I left the Bronx you know and I went to Syracuse University where it's predominantly white you know middle class kids uh everything always came down to my accent like you know I would open my mouth and people would be like Oh, where where are you from? Like, you sound so exotic. And I'm like, girl, everybody in the Bronx sounds like me. Like, what you mean? Um, so I spent a lot of my college career feeling less than. Feeling less than because I, had, I was in a relationship where I was getting cheated on the whole time. I was feeling less than because I felt like all these white people couldn't listen to the words that were coming out of my mouth because they were so intrigued by how the words sounded Mm. and feeling less than because, you know, I was a poor girl from the Bronx surrounded by all these people with wealth and opportunities. And I was feeling like I was working so hard to to keep up, you know, and Once I graduated, you know, and I kind of came into my own and I became a young professional and, you know, I moved out out of the Bronx and all that type of stuff, I I realized that I had spent such a big chunk of my life trying to please people and trying to be somebody else and it didn't get me anywhere, you know, but it didn't get me anywhere but but, uh, emotional and sad. So, you know, I basically just, I always say this, but I basically just woke up one day and I was like... Bucket, like, you know, forget it. Like after all of this, like I'm just gonna be me because at the end of the day, me being somebody else is attracting all the wrong things in, in my life. Me pretending to be somebody that I'm not it is more work and more effort than me to just be who I am. So I'd rather just be who I am and lose people along the way, but attract the right people than be surrounded by a whole bunch of people who um are never gonna love me for who I really am you know so it just kind of came from that like my experiences in college and, and you know where I'm from and and who I am and being very very secure in who I am but having lost that somewhere along the way and then getting it back with an unapologeticness that you know a lot of people don't see yeah but um I think another thing that Makes people not want to be authentic online is the whole idea of like, oh well, well my employer, well my employer. And to be honest with you, I when I did work in corporate America, I never like switched up all the way. Like you know, we code switch, we we try to assimilate, but we still gonna be who we are, right? Right. Um, And I think you know. Me being an entrepreneur allows me to be that much more authentic because I don't have anybody to answer to. If I curse on my Instagram story, HR is not about to call me into the office and be like, you know, you're a bad representation for our brand because I am my own brand, you know? So I think that's what actually gives me more of an advantage than most people is because I don't have anybody to answer to. I don't have any, there's not going to be any repercussions for me being who I am, you know?
0: Yep, yep, makes perfect sense. And that's one of the reasons why... I had to be a full-time entrepreneur myself because it's like i just can't imagine not you know being who i am or having somebody else tell me that i can't be that so we appreciate you for being who you are why thank you i i saw i also recently saw and just know because i I know you personally that you over the past several months you've been in the process of kind of if i had to put it in my own words i guess refining your business model like i mean you've you probably have the opposite problem of most people. Most people have an execution problem. Like they have all these great ideas and they never take action on anything. Well, you are you were the opposite, right? You have all these great ideas and you took action on everything. And so it seemed like recently, um, to a degree, you've been kind of offloading uh, some of your service offering. And I'm almost curious what sparked that change and what impact has this had in your business so far?
1: I'm gonna give you this piece, George. I'm going to give you the real life
0: tea. Hey. I
1: got good at young mathematics. Okay?
0: (laughs) Business owners never want to do the
1: math. They never, ever, ever want to do the math. And, um, you know, I was sitting home for Christmas in the Bronx uh, this past December, and I was like, you know kind of like looking at my year in review and yes I made a ton of money but how hard I had to work for that money I could have stayed in corporate America to be really honest with you I was working you know 18 hour days you know I would go to sleep at 3, 4 wake up at 10 every day for months and months and months putting out books and putting out courses and doing this and doing services and it was like you know I was still in this hustler hamster wheel and I wasn't really building a sustainable business so in December I kind of sat down and I looked at my numbers and i was like okay what do my customers what does my audience really need like what do they really want me to do for them what's the real struggle and i built my new business model which is service based around that idea because the problem with the internet is everybody's pushing people to do digital products be have a passive income model make passive income which you definitely can. However, I think when you want to, you know, build a multiple six-figure businesses, you got to sell a hell of a lot of $18, $47 Come books on. and ebooks. Yep. And I and I'm like, I could make, you know, I can have a six-figure business and take on four clients a month, or I can have a six-figure business and have to sell 500 books a month, you know, mm. and when it came down to the math, it's just like, I don't want to hustle to get my little $18 book into people's hands. I really want to, you know, help entrepreneurs have the freedom that I have, you know, so I've worked with one of my clients, she owns a a, a microblading studio, right, and It really touched me to work with her because she's like, Look, I do everything by myself. I do all these eyebrows. I have a four month old daughter. I basically didn't have maternity leave. Like, I need to figure out a way to, you know, automate some of this stuff. And that's what's important to me. And that's what really helps my clients. Like, me doing a, you know, $97 class on how to do a Facebook bot is cute, but it's like, Am I really changing lives? Am I really making lives better? So once I kind of started to approach my business model from that end and started really calculating and looking at the numbers and see what it would really take to hit my income base, it was kind of a no-brainer to let go of all the things that, you know, I'm good at, I could teach, I could share, but at the end of the day, they weren't really putting a dent in my bank account, you know?
0: Right, right. That that makes sense because to your point, a lot of people they don't they don't want to do the math and they they look at things that they're good at because it's not about is something not working right so it's not like these products were failing they were actually probably working fairly well but it's like is this sustainable and is this what I want to want things to look like long term and am I really impacting people the way that I want to impact them okay so thank you for sharing that that's very insightful um also I see that you are dab well I will not say dabbling because you're you're doing it pretty frequently you're You're involved in Forex trading. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that aren't familiar with what that is or what that's about. So can you give us the quick and dirty version of what Forex trading is and kind of how you're involved in it?
1: Yeah. So, forex, like any other investment, is where you purchase an asset and hold on to it until it increases in value. In the um, foreign exchange market, it's basically you buying a foreign currency and holding it until it increases in value, and then you sell it back and make the profit. Now, I know this sounds super complicated, but thanks to technology, all of that is done from an app. So, before, in order to be able to do this, you would have to like get on a plane go to Dominican Republic, or go to the airport and exchange currency, and, you know, go back to the airport and exchange it back. With technology, you can do this all from your phone, and I started trading forex after I interviewed uh, Dr. Jewel Tankard on a podcast uh, almost a year ago now, and, you know, she's a multi-millionaire, Bravo reality TV star, um, you know, in real estate investor I mean she's popping right and she credited a lot of her um, you know wealth generation over the last couple of years to trading Forex so of course I started doing research and I just became obsessed with it because you can make money very very quickly from your phone you don't have to go nowhere you don't got to talk to anybody um, you know so it's a good balance from having a service-based very client facing business model to then be able to be an introvert and be crawled up in my bed uh, and put trades in. So I started trading almost a year ago now, and I actually have, you know, a small accountability group of people that I, you know, help trade and, and teach trading to, but it's really changed my life and my perspective on how easy it is to make money. You know, how quickly you can make money, how easy it is to make money, and what my life's would have been like if you know I came from a family where investments were common you know common knowledge where, yeah. where financial conversations were common conversations and where the conversation wasn't we don't have it we're broke I'm broke I can't afford this we can't afford that you know we were always um, communicating through a poverty mindset from a place of lack instead of uh, operating from a place of abundance so trading for it isn't just like you know a skill set that I've learned but it's really helped to put me um, around a lot of like-minded people who could help me you know level up my mindset and really you know take my my own wealth outside of my business to the next level because that's something else people don't realize like the revenue that you, you generate for your business isn't just your money right like technically, yeah. depending on how your business is structured you're really just an uh, employee of that llc right so A lot of people think, oh, well, I have a six-figure business. Like, I'm a six-figure person. And (laughs) it's like, well, you're not, you
0: know? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) So I
1: take my, you know, my profits, my personal paycheck, if you will, for my business, and then I I can invest it and I can use that to, you know, grow my money. So for me, it it was really important to find uh, a vehicle. You know, I trade stocks, you know, I'm I'm into real estate and all that good stuff, but I was looking for something that was a little bit um, faster and that I could do, you know, around my own schedule like when the stock market is open emily Della cruz is either sleep or um, needs even client work so i wanted to look for other avenues that i could do you know 24 hours a day on the go without a lot of um uh without a large investment
0: yeah yeah okay well thank you for explaining that and so you said you have a accountability group uh folks where you help folks trade so if people are listening and they're interested in trading forex could they potentially become a part of that group or what does that look like
1: Yes, for sure. So I actually on my website, um, so it's emilydelacruz.com slash trade forex. On there, it has like a video with you know like what trading looks like, like how. Because the number one question is like, how long does it take to trade? Like how much time do I have to put into trading? Uh, So I actually like put in a live trade, and trading is is pretty easy. It takes probably two seconds really, like after you get the hang of it. Um, You know, you get a signal, the signal tells you what to trade, you trade it, and then you go on about your day. Um, So on my website, I have, like, a whole page with all that type of information. But, yeah, I always tell people, you know, be ready to invest, you know, at least, like, $200 or so so that you get a a strong start. And don't think that, you know, like any investment, oh, well, Emily's going to teach me how to trade and I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, Emily's going to teach you to trade. You're going to lose money. You're going to get frustrated. But as you learn the skill set, you'll start to... You know, earn on your investments, right? You'll start to get some interest off of that principal that you, yeah, that you initially invest. So I always tell people, look at it like I look at trading forex like a master's degree. Like it's something you know that I'm going to study, that I'm going to learn, that I'm going to dedicate a good chunk of time to, so that eventually I could use that skill set to make me money for the rest of my life. Because, like you said, you know, in order to create wealth, I remember on your presentation, you said that you needed a high income skill set, right? Is that the term that you
0: use? Yep. Yep. Um,
1: so I realized, yeah, I mean, marketing is great and, you know, being an entrepreneur is great, but I like the idea of having another skill set that doesn't require, that's really truly passive and doesn't require me to actually do any work, you know?
0: Yeah, that, that's honestly what attracted me to the, the financial planning investment industry in the first place. Like, I deal with people a lot, but knowing that I have money right now, as we're talking, that you hear people talk about it, but now him knows it firsthand doing what she does with Forex. Like literally working for you it's got to be the most powerful and liberating thing ever because people are finicky people are flaky <laughs> but, my, but my but my stocks and my bonds and everything that i invest in is not and so uh right. it's, it's it's powerful so you, you hit the nail on the head and i'm glad that you had uh, dived into that world and actually believe it or not because a lot of th- a lot of times people don't realize that while i am well versed in, in a, a myriad of different things when it comes to investing um, it's kind of like expecting your heart surgeon to perform brain surgery. I, I'm not I'm not an expert in every aspect of investing. So Forex is actually something that I'm looking to dive a little bit deeper in uh, this quarter. So I might even be a student of Miss Emily. So um, I'll keep you guys uh, uh, tuned on that. I know you've also been advocating uh, recently and you might might have been doing it longer, but at least I've been catching wind of it recently, um, advocating for uh, network marketing. And I think I, I caught a glimpse of one of your uh, videos and saying, well, basically, you know, people are narcissists because they don't want to promote anything that isn't doesn't have their name on it. And so tell me a little bit about why you are advocating um, for network marketing nowadays and what that looks like for you.
1: Yeah, uh, so I love network marketing. I read recently, like it's funny, in the last two weeks, I've read about like four network marketing books um, and just really become well versed in the industry, even though I've been a network marketer. For over a year now and what i always always tell people is we're all network marketers some of us just get paid for it mm. right if you look on your social media feed right now and you look at your post, right, you've probably advertised for somebody without even knowing it. You're probably a brand ambassador for somebody without even knowing it. I told all my blogger friends, I'm like, girl, you are basically a brand ambassador for Shea Moisture. Shea Moisture just don't cut you a check, right? (laughs) Because you're on your Instagram story, like, I'm using Shea Moisture. It's 30% off at CVS. Girl, you need to get it. My curls aren't snatched, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Okay, that's great. Why can't you do that with, you know, Herbalife Shakes or Mary Kay Makeup or Avon Jewelry? You know, it's the same thing. Network marketing is just you getting paid to recommend products that you love, products or services that you love, right? And um, I feel like because people are corny, right, like network marketers are trash, and they'll (laughs) get you on Facebook like... I haven't spoken to you since high school. What's up? And you know, they like carry on this whole conversation and then at the end of it, they have this quote unquote life changing opportunity and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, my man. Like you did not just catch up with me for 30 minutes to come over here and tell me about this network marketing pyramid scheme. I ain't got time. (laughs) Right, right. So, So I think people have people have ruined uh, a viable uh, industry you know warren buffett actually owns a network marketing company he owns uh, a company called pampered chef right um so well not him but berkshire hathaway owns it and it's like if one of the most uh, respected financial wealth generating you know uh figures of all time has invested in a network marketing company you kind of want to pay attention to that right um so I've I just kind of come to terms with the fact that the network marketing industry is amazing because you can start a business with low overhead, no expertise. You don't have to, you know, produce inventory. You basically have a business in a box, but it's just the people that do network marketing that mess it up for the rest of us. So I've kind of, um, you know, tried to get people to understand, like, we're all influencers. We're all brand ambassadors. We're all network marketers. And just because you are in a network marketing company doesn't mean that now you need to become this robotic salesperson, right? You can still be yourself and use your influence to um, to sell and, and to promote your products. You just don't got to be a weirdo about it. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's important to change to change the mindset that people have around network marketing and to really help people realize that network marketing isn't like a corny, sleazy thing. It can be done right and it can make you a lot of money um, if you find the right company, you know? So I'm totally an advocate for that uh, because people don't always have ideas, you know? People always come to me like, oh, Emily, you know, I want to make extra income. I want to have a business. I just don't know what to do, right? Right. If you want to make money and you don't have an idea, network marketing is perfect because you get a business, right you get products you get a company website you get a customer support line you get all of these things that you pay you know 100 200 300 dollars to start up with and then you have a business and you can do your thing and you can take that money and reinvest it into something else so i tell people if you don't have an idea don't try to reinvent the wheel or like make something up just go ahead and align yourself or partner with a company that you know could make that work for you
0: dope Dope. I, and, I, and I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. I mean, college, I actually did network marketing back in college. And that paid for my trips to Miami for spring break. Um, so, so, you know, I, had, I have nothing bad to say about network marketing. I think it's just to your point, the way they're educated and some of them are just really corny. And so the byproduct of that is like, now you, every, you, every time you get a message from somebody asking about, do you keep your income options open or whatever it is that that question is right. that they ask, I'm like just like, okay, yeah, I already know what the jig is. And then, so, <laughs> so it kind of creates this stigma, but not. I think with the level, honestly, me just kind of projecting this out to the universe, I feel like with your marketing background and your skills and your expertise, you can really turn the network marketing industry on its head and say, hey, look, you don't have to. be you know, That might be what you're already trying to do. You don't have to do it this way. You can actually use automation. You can use these marketing strategies. Um, you don't have to hound your friends and family. Um, you can actually do it in a real uh, do it in a way that is more suitable to um, a business model and actually make a, a decent living out of it. So I think you can be the go to person to do that if anybody can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely one of my um, you know, long term goals is to yeah. really I always say put the marketing back in network marketing yeah. because right now I feel like it's a lot of stalking and a lot of spam going on.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Make make network marketing ready again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna take a, a quick left turn before we uh, wrap things up here shortly. So as, as I mentioned earlier, M just got engaged recently. Uh, she's actually traveling to uh, Puerto Rico here, uh, what tomorrow, um, to to tour some venues. which she said she what she thought it was just a vacation, but they're actually gonna go tour some venues. And so um, I got I got a question I think might resonate well with some of my audience who is you know looking to build a business or already has a business on the side and they are in a relationship. My question for you is, you know, if you, you know, having your hands and all the things that you do, um, how it, how is it balancing, you know, your business and being in a relationship? And kind of what does that dynamic look like?
1: I just ignore Kevin, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. Um, people ask me, you know, like, how do you balance love and success and like all this nonsense? And I'm like, honestly, I can balance anything that I truly care about, right? Um, And I think that people don't realize that um, you have the power to prioritize the things that are important to you. And if something is falling through the cracks, it's because you have not held yourself Accountable to prioritize that thing, right? So, like, people lie and be like, "Oh, I don't got time to go to the gym. I don't got time to trade. I can't work and build a business. I can't have a family and a successful career." And that's all a lie, you know. You can balance and you can prioritize whatever you want if you're willing to accomplish it. So, in you know my relationship or even just in my in my dating life, because I've been an entrepreneur for a minute, um, I always have always always. Um, been very keen on finding partners who either are grinding just like me or don't aren't bothered that I'm in the spotlight right and I think you know a lot of times we as uh, entrepreneurial women sometimes we look for that alpha male right that man he, he's getting in he's getting to the money and we're going to be a power couple hashtag Jay-Z and Beyonce hashtag goals you know and sometimes you you need to find a person who's you know uh okay with not being in the spotlight and okay with playing a supportive role and okay with making dinner because you're on conference calls and cool with driving you to the to you know the vending event and you know packing the boxes in the back of uh, in the back of the truck not somebody who want to be on the stage on the mic you know doing the most so I think that what's made you know my love life successful is that I've been very intentional in you know, communicating what I need and and finding a partner that's uh, willing to give me that, you know, I don't try to to change anybody or, you know, to turn, um, you know, I don't try to to turn uh, like a prince into a frog or a frog into a prince, I just kind of take people for what they are, and, you know, life has kind of showed me that, you got to find people who are willing to, to grow the dream with you, and not just somebody who wants you for what you can provide in their life. Does that mm. make sense?
0: Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. I think that will uh, help a lot of people in terms of just the insight that you provided. So appreciate that. So you have your hands in a lot of, a lot of things. I think you, you've taken some time to refine and really understand how they all play into uh, how you want your, your business and your life to grow. Uh, But within that, my question is, what are you most excited about um, going into the rest of 2018 and what can we expect from him in the near future?
1: Yeah, so I'm most excited about going on vacation, and <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have built my model to where I'm, like, killing myself over the first six months of the year, but then I'm taking the summer off, so I'm not taking it all the way off as in, like, you know, I'm shutting everything down, but I'm not going to be taking on any clients in July and August, and I have a bunch of trips planned and weddings planned and that type of stuff. Um but i think you know what i'm most excited about is you know i was already able to make my what my corporate salary was in the first quarter of the year so god forbid something happened to me god forbid i don't make another dollar i'm most excited that i'm financially stable and i'm financially free to do the things that i want to do with my time now right and i think that it took so long for me to get here and it took so long for me to stop hustling and struggling um you know, and I don't want to put a bad connotation on the word hustle because I think hustling is just working very passionately towards something, but I'm ready to be a lazy hoe. Like, I'm just <laughs> ready, ready to not be on nobody's email, to not be on nobody's conference call, to not be coaching nobody, to just really figure out, like, what does Emily like to do? You know, I have no hobbies outside of working, trading, coaching. Like, people be like, you know, what do you like to do? And I have no answers for them. I feel like I've kind of lost my identity as a woman um, because everybody just sees me as an entrepreneur and this awesome marketer and this superwoman. And it's like, yeah, but super when superwoman takes off the cape, like, who is she? You know, what's her alter ego? And and I don't have one. So I'm really excited to spend, you know, the summer, like, going to dance classes and Maybe if the Lord want to bless me with some discipline going to the gym, um, <laughs> you know, and just like figuring out, learning Charlotte, like figuring out what the heck is going on in Charlotte, you know, going out with you Majesty, like actually having time to have friends and a social life. So I'm really just excited to be putting myself in a position to to find myself again and, you know, to really just enjoy the rest of the year worry-free um as far as like what's next uh, i don't know honestly every day my dreams change you know every quarter i got a new master plan every year i got a new six-figure business that i'm gonna build (laughs) you know every day i always got some some new crazy idea um but you know i always say that's not my biggest biggest goal in life has always been to be a good wife and to be a good mother i don't care what else is going on what business, what money, what's in my account, as long as I take care of my house, take
0: care of my husband, take care of my kids, that's success to me, you know? And I'm okay with that. Super, super dope. Well, thank you for sharing. I think that's the essence of entrepreneurship, right? Like, I think, you know, it's it's one thing to hustle and grind and, and get it, you know, but there has to be an end goal, right? Like, there has to be a means to an end. It can't be like this, I'm hustling for the sake of hustling. I think I appreciate the transparency of saying that, in all the hustling and grinding and building that you've done, that has almost kind of become a part of your identity. And I'm glad that you're going to be able to have an opportunity to redefine that this year because I think that's so important. And so, um, you know, for all you guys out there listening that thinks that like, it's cool to hustle, just to hustle and work all hours of the night, just because like that is a means to an end, right? That's not a, that's not the end goal. The end goal is to be able to live a fulfilling life and do the things that fulfill you and the things that you enjoy, Uh, which lead me into my last question so already we're done already yeah yeah you uh (laughs) you you killed it uh i think we were 44 minutes in but it was it seemed a lot quicker uh just because it was a great dialogue and you provided some great gems uh speaking of speaking of uh million million dollar ideas or six figure ideas like i actually when i first met you i was like i told my wife i was like man M is super like she is so dope i was like like one day we had to do like Something together. I don't know what it is, but I think it would be really cool if we called it like Gems, right? Like a a blend of my name and your name, G-E-M-M. But anyways, we'll talk about Uh, that. Yeah, we'll talk about that offline. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But um, I I say that to say, uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And my question, my last question for you is, um, what, what are you doing with your current lifestyle? And I feel like you've said this in so many i guess in some shape form or fashion what are you doing with your current lifestyle um today that is preparing you to lead the legacy you want to leave tomorrow oh that's
1: a good one um, so i think just personally and, and- holistically you know like spiritually emotionally i'm learning boundaries right i'm learning how to put up boundaries i'm learning how to say no how to put the computer up you know um, like i said i'm a workaholic so if you let me i'll be up all night just to be up all night not even like oh i have deadlines not, like not even like oh this is a part it's like oh i'm just gonna be up working
0: <laughs>
1: for no reason yeah <laughs> so i'm learning boundaries because like i said it you know since my ultimate goal is to be the number one mom and wife on the planet. You know, eventually my business can't always be my everything. You know, I need to to be able to let other people into my life to be my everything. Um, so that's one thing that I'm learning. But I would say, just on the business side of things, and just on the on the legacy leaning side of things, I'm getting with this lawyer. I'm getting these trademarks. I'm I'm getting you know the right paperwork in place because uh, people don't realize that you know we build these amazing internet businesses. But the moment we get sick or we pass away, or you know, God forbid, like for me, if I lose my hands, if I if I don't have hands, I can't type. I can't trade forex. Like you know, my life is changing. It's switching up. And people don't think about, you know, the worst case scenario. So working with my lawyer, I, I've realized, you know, if I truly want to leave a legacy that I could pass on, down to my kids, I need to start collecting assets. I need to start having, you know, like uh, intellectual property that I could sell off, that I could protect, you know, my future millionaire necklaces are great. But if, you know, God forbid, Lord, I hope you are not listening. But if young H&M or Forever City decide to <laughs> start
0: producing
1: future millionaire necklaces, I mean, we'll be out of business, right? Right. Um, So just really taking a look at, you know, how can I take all the things that I'm doing and legalize them and set them in stone so that, you know, once I pass away, it you know, it could be actually passed on to my kids and, you know, my grandchildren or, you know, my husband, whatever it is, um, has been a big, big part of this first quarter. It was a lot of money. I dropped a lot of coins on uh, legal fees, but I think it's necessary um, to put me in the position to you know, really, truly leave a, a legacy on paper, and not just a legacy. You know,
0: in the hearts and the minds of, of the people that know me, but like for real, for real. Like people gonna know my name, right? Emily De La Cruz. What's uh, interesting. So to your point, people gonna know your name. You about to get married. So what is that gonna look like? Are you doing the whole hyphen thing, or you gonna take Kevin's last name? Or what's that gonna look like?
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's so funny because, you know, I always said, I'm going to just hyphenate. I'm going to hyphenate because I don't want to lose, like, my Latina essence. Like, I want people to—I've always had a thing for black guys, so I always knew I was going to have a black last name. Like, I knew the moment I got married, the young— De La Cruz was going to disappear. So, <laughs> uh, so I've been going back and forth with that because a lot of my entrepreneur friends have also been getting um, engaged and been getting ready to transition. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, like, dang, I, I have to change my whole domain. I got to change this. My search engine optimization going to go down. You know, my Instagram, <laughs> you know, it's like all of these logistics when you're an entrepreneur right. to think about. So honestly all i know is that i don't think that uh, i have any more characters left to add to my instagram handle so i'm gonna have to compromise
0: somewhere <laughs> uh, that's funny that's funny okay <laughs> well, we'll, well we'll be interested to see how that how that goes so so M did mention that she makes these super dope necklaces a uh, future millionaire which is actually ironic the name of her shop is Melanie magic shop i have a a store also entitled called called Melanin Money that's also coupled with the movement that I'm that I that I have that you all probably know about. But one of the things I started doing, I've only done it on one other podcast, which ironically is actually here. Here's how it all comes full circle: the person I interviewed is a client of Emily's, and she actually created the item that I purchased that we are, we gifted away to somebody else. So you know um, Massey, right? Get fit by Massey, Massey oh, So yeah. yeah, so I had her on the podcast. So a few episodes ago And uh, I saw the cookbook I was like, oh yeah, so Emily made that and that, But I ended up uh, buying one of those To raffle off uh, to a, to our followers And so to make that full circle We also want to do the same thing With one of Emily's wonderful uh, products From her store I think we should go with the necklace Because it's super fly And so what that's going to look like We'll figure it out We'll create, we'll put that on social media But we'll basically uh, whatever the criteria is Whether it's following both of us uh, liking the picture, listening to the podcast, whatever it is, you'll have a chance to win that super dope necklace. And I actually was in LA about three weeks ago, and I randomly ran into somebody that had it on. So how cool is oh that? My gosh. Yeah. So you're everywhere. You, you, you worldwide, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Look at going <laughs> So last but not least, uh, where can we find where can we find you? If people want to get in contact with you and get plugged in with all the wonderful stuff you have going on, where can we where can we find you?
1: Well, the easiest place is going to be in the show notes because y'all know that my name is hella complicated, <laughs> yep. um, but it's my name across all social media, so emilydelacruz.com, and then my handle is Cruz on Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere, YouTube, same, so you can always, you know, find me, plugged in, talking junk on my Instagram story, posting foolery of my dog, and, you know, what's going on at home, and stuff like that, so definitely. Paula, let me know you know that you've heard the podcast. Introduce yourself if you come across me on social media, because I'd love to hear from you guys.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks so much, M. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and enjoy your, uh, your trip to Puerto Rico, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. I very, very, very much appreciate being on the podcast, and I had a blast, so well, we're going to have to do it again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. So until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy and Lifestyle Show with your host, George Action Park, where you'll learn how to live the life you want today while planning for the legacy you want to leave tomorrow. Purpose, passion and profit makes sense to me.